You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, everybody, here on this glorious, at least here, glorious in Southern California, Sunday morning, uh, noon for you. Though, though I have to say that, that I was listening to the um, uh, one of the, the national morning shows and um, last week, and it was actually warmer early in the morning in New York than it was here in Los Angeles, which I said, wait a second, <laughs> I came to LA for warm weather, and it's actually warmer in New York. But I'll tell you, a gorgeous day out here in LA, but it's only again 9am. I'm hoping that uh, wherever you are on this wonderful Sunday, you're enjoying some nice weather as well. And uh, you're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's only live call-in show on Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And the name implies that we want you to ask the vet. So give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, that's 877-385-8882. You can also log on to Pet Life Radio, click on the shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a link for a Google Hangout. This is really cool, everybody. So you can actually join us live. Get in front of your, your cameras, get in front of your laptops or your phone, and you can talk to us live. We can see you. If you want to show me something on your pet, you can actually put the pet right in front of the camera on your laptop or on your phone, and you can show me live and everybody else who's watching as well. So it's a great way to talk to us, and we're here for you. We're here for your pets. And, of course, we couldn't do it without our sponsors. So we want to thank some of our new sponsors, Alenco Lily, makers of Comfortis and Trifexis, something you need to know and talk to your veterinarian about, given the fact that we are getting into the heat of spring and summer, and that means fleas and ticks. And also KVP Kong Veterinary Products and uh, ProSense, of course, and the Save This Life microchip. In fact, we're probably going to have uh, a guest coming up soon again, Chance White, talking all about microchips and the, the major benefits of a Save This Life microchip. And you know, one thing that, again, how important it is that, as we know, that once the weather gets nice, people are outside more, a lot more opportunity, sadly, for pets to sort of run away, get out of a gate, get lost on, on a walk with it if they're off leash, etc. So that microchip is very, very important. First thing, I want to do a couple of um, follow-ups. I think we talked um, last week or two weeks ago about Murphy. Murphy was this little dog who ate a very, very large toy. And we uh, did some surgery to remove this very, very large. How, how he ate this thing, I have no idea. I mean, I think the part that attracted him and many dogs is when they're chewing on something, it has a little noisemaker, a squeaky thing. It's a little kind of a plastic noisemaker in there. And when they squeeze it, it, it emits that sound. Well, for some reason, certain dogs, two of mine included, seem to think it's a great challenge to find that little sucker and to eat it or to remove it at least from the toy. But in the process, they often eat it. Well, Murphy not only ate the little squeaker, but Murphy ate the whole toy. It must have been about six inches long. It looked like a snake. I have no idea how he could have gotten this down. But when you think about it, where we pulled it out in the latter part of the ileum, which is the, the small intestine, it had to pass through the esophagus, into the stomach, into the jejunum, and then finally into the ileum. So, I mean, that is a, a far way to travel. And it finally got stuck. And poor Murph, oh my God, he was a mess. We did surgery, we took it out, and now he is Back to his old self, which is good, but it's also bad because guess what? He's trying to eat everything in sight again. So, uh, and that's something everybody should know. 
Don't think for a second, regardless of how much pain and discomfort, how much it cost you, because they really don't care, it was to remove a foreign object. Don't think that the dogs learned their lesson. In fact, there is, you know, that's the age-old question, and we may have talked about this before, but for those of you that have not heard it, it's always good to repeat, and that is, why do dogs eat grass? And some theories out there are saying, well, they're eating grass because they know it's going to make them vomit. Hmm. And they're doing it because in nature, they knew that if they had this nausea and they wanted to spit something up, they would eat grass. That might be giving dogs a little too much credit. And there's also studies that have shown that there is a type of therapy, we call it avoidance therapy. That's like the bitter apples or those types of products that are very bitter, or you want to stop coprophage, you're eating poop, so you, you spike the poop with that mixture of Tabasco and cayenne pepper and all these hot things. That if they eat something that is very objectionable or makes them vomit very soon, within usually 10 minutes, then they probably will try to avoid that again. That's called avoidance therapy. Interestingly, when dogs eat things like grass, however, they don't vomit right away. It could be a half hour later. And they've also shown that if a dog is given something that they like the taste of, but it makes them vomit over 20 minutes or 30 minutes later, they make no association. And they will eat it again and again and again because they like the taste. So my theory is, and again, this is just mine, my thoughts, is that since the vomiting episodes after eating grass usually, usually take a lot longer than 15 minutes, 10 minutes. So my feeling is that grass actually does have some properties that they like. First of all, it's usually pretty sweet. They might find it soothing. So that's why they eat the grass. They're definitely eating it because they feel like heck. They're nauseous. So I think they will go ahead and eat the grass, but they don't realize that they're going to vomit 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes later. So that's how it is with these dogs and toys. If the satisfaction of eating that toy was so great, whether it was a taste, whether it was was a behavior issue, just liking to chew on things, which dogs, as we know, love to do, and then they ingest that toy and they need major surgery and thousands of dollars and in the hospital and on IV fluids for you know days and days after the surgery, even before the surgery, whatever, they're going to do it again. They, <laughs> they don't care that you just spent a fortune and they still like the toy. So my advice to you is very simple, that if you have one such dog, your options are, first of all, make sure that the, whatever it is he's chewing on is too big to swallow. Secondly, if there's a noisemaker in there, do what I do. I remove it. I take it out. Because once they start chewing up on this thing and getting the noisemaker, they will probably try to eat it. And and just watch them because you know that they will return to the scene of their crime. That's why negative reinforcement usually doesn't help. As we all know, you come home and the dog got into the drawer or whatever and ate you know two loaves of bread and 67 cookies, right? And you take him over to the torn up paper and you, you reprimand him. It's not going to help. He's going to go do it again because he liked it. He, does, he said, why are you hitting me or yelling at me because there's a plastic bag on the floor? They don't make that association. So it's very important just to know that the best way to avoid these is to prevent them. And that, that's going to require your work, not theirs. Anyway, Murphy's doing really well. Another follow-up. We talked last week a, a story that I'm sure upset many of you, hopefully most or all of you, as it did me. And that is a mare that was found abandoned in a barn in a stall that had been shot 130 times with paintball gun and was actually blind in one eye, corneal ulcer in the other eye, was in terrible shape, underweight, malnourished, uh, etc., and was probably just left to die. Who knows? Anyway, it was found. Well, 
they were able to trace back and they found the man who who transported the horse to this doll. Now, they're not saying he's the one that shot him with all the paint guns. And so there's still uh, the, the investigation there is still ongoing. However, they did find this guy. He's been charged with cruelty. The horse, Lily, and the mare is still at the University of Pennsylvania being treated. They had to remove the one eye. The second eye with the corneal ulcer is much improved and continues to improve. She's put on a weight. She's eating well and happily to report that there are over 400 people on a waiting list to adopt her. So I think that's really, really cool. So, uh, you know, sometimes these stories don't have happy endings. They're actually, they say they are sifting through the applications for adoption to making sure that she does end up in the right place. I think that's great. Other things in the news I thought was interesting. Um, I'm sure that uh, you remember, hopefully you do, we talked about the newer H3N2 influenza virus. That is different from the H3N8, which was one that was discovered six or seven years ago. And this new virus is potentially deadly. It was more in um, Asia and not here in the U.S. However, we had seen some cases in the U.S. Anyway, now they have found this virus in cats. Uh, It's been reported at the University of Wisconsin. They have a shelter medicine program at the veterinary school there, and they have discovered cats with this influenza virus, and it is the H3N2 strain, uh, a strain that we as yet do not have a vaccine. There may be some cross-protection, but they're not sure. They Actually, they kind of doubt it, but it's worth a try for the H3N8. So anyway, that's not good news. The only hope is, is that they don't expect it to be very, very prevalent in cats, but it's there. So as we know, from insects, from bacteria, from viruses, they have an amazing way to mutate and to adapt to different species. And so I think we really need to be very careful with that one. Also, what I found interesting, I get a lot of this uh, things I said, I like to peruse some of the veterinary news sites like VIN, Veterinary Information Network, like the AVMA Smart Brief, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, uh, American Animal Hospital Association has uh, news briefs also. So it's great. And these things are available for you just to see online. It's really great. Anyway, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Zika virus. I was down in Mexico a few months ago, and there was some concern there. Most of the nice resorts are spraying and treating for the mosquitoes. But what uh, they've been doing now, and the the FDA is very close to uh, approving this, they are trying to take a genetically mutated male mosquito of the same species, which is called the Aedes aegypti. And this is the mosquito that has been very, very important in the transmission of the Zika virus. And what they're doing is they're taking these males, releasing these male mosquitoes, which on the offspring will create sterile offspring. So the males are genetically mutated, their offspring will all be sterile. And I feel that's one of the best ways to curb the prevalence of this mosquito and thus the Zika virus. It's already been put to use. It's been done in Brazil. And in Brazil, they've already found a tremendous reduction in the number of the Aedes mosquitoes, the Aegyptes. So I think that's really cool scientifically to be able to do that. Uh, There's a company that actually is going to benefit because they produce these genetically mutated male mosquitoes. And uh, obviously for any country, state, whatever, whoever is going to release them, it's going to cost them. But hey, uh, if it's going to reduce the risk of the zoonotic Zika virus, then that's a good thing. And one other um, interesting statistic as we approach spring and summer, where where we're already in spring, that this coming from Angel Memorial Hospital in Boston, and that is they have seen a 220% increase 
in tick-borne diseases, diseases like Ehrlichia and Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. And they believe that many of the ticks responsible for carrying these organisms are migrating north. So they're, again, adapting. And so now that it is becoming more humid and warmer, they think that they are going to see an increase, continued increase in these diseases transmitted by these ticks. So again, as you are talking to your veterinarians, come this time of year especially, that if you have not kept up on flea and tick control during the fall, winter months, now is the time to talk about some measures to control the tick population, uh, of course, and the flea population as well. So all these little things to be of a, of a big help. So um, we're getting ready for a quick break here at midway point of our show here on Pet Life Radio. You are live here with Dr. Jeff Werber, and we're going to be back after these short messages. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Yuppie Puppy City Kitty provides pet lovers an opportunity to earn up to 50% commission selling our premium pet products. Advocate Gina Brick says the opportunity to share such a quality product line with other pet lovers is amazing. The support of the Yuppie Puppy City Kitty family while working the business is a true gift. Mention special code PETLIFE when you enroll today and receive three additional products free. Find us at www.ypckpets.com. That's ypckpets.com. Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow the Pet Lady on Twitter at PetLadyWorld. You can also learn more at ThePetLady at ThePetLady.net. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back, and you're here live. With Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And um, I'm as I'm waiting to hear from you some questions, there must be some burning questions about your pets. Now that we're getting into spring and summer, I know we're going to be talking about some things like increased exercise and some safety tips. We're going to have Dr. Heather Lenzer back in the next week or so, uh, helping us with some tips representing the American Animal Hospital Association. During the break, I was just reviewing one of the other uh, websites and came up with some interesting things that I think you should know about. I'm going to read them to you. Number one is that there's been a dog food recall 
because of listeria and salmonella, why that's important is that these are zoonotic potentials. In other, in other words, these can affect us as well. The company's called Small Batch Pets, had to recall 80 cases of their frozen three-pound bags of, it's called duck batch sliders, dog food, after testing a distribution site, found listeria and salmonella. Uh, these can cause GI upset, gastrointestinal upset, but also have zoonotic repercussions. So uh, if you or know anybody who has purchased or found this food, important to take it back to your retailer and thoroughly clean your fridge and freezer. And that's very important as well. Also, this was really interesting. There's a cat out there who's on track to receive bionic prosthetic legs. That's really cool. It's an eight-month-old cat. Um, it's going to be the first cat to receive such prosthetic legs. He lost his hind legs to an infection. There's a, a veterinarian who is a neurospecialist up in Canada who injected Botox into Cassidy's limb and preparing them for the implants. And then the uh, surgical team at North Carolina State University Veterinary School will implant the prosthetic devices. And guess what? They're being created. This is really amazing with a 3D printer. Now, this is unbelievable type of technology. I am one of my clients uh, who I've seen it in action. Actually, it's a 3D printer, and it act, it's, instead of printing ink on paper, it puts this plastic together, but it's three-dimensional, and it can actually form however you want it, when you, how you program it, to a, uh, in this case, prosthetic leg, which I think is also unbelievable. And there's uh, another story, which I thought very, uh, very important, but... There was a, a person in France who is the first person to survive a rabies infection. She was actually bitten by a bat back in 2004, and they treated her without, this was not a, without a post-exposure prophylaxis. Rabies is one of those diseases that if you are bitten by an animal suspected to have rabies, you can actually get the rabies vaccine even after the bite within a certain, I mean, it has to be pretty close. So- Instead of going through the rabies treatment like they had to do years ago with the injections in the belly and, and very painful and very extensive, the vaccine can come like after a bite and, and still can be protective. But this woman did not have any prophylaxis. Once they started showing signs, they created what they call the Milwaukee Protocol. And it was an experimental treatment that they put her into a medically induced coma, I guess, during the phase while the body is trying to beat the virus. And, you know, it has neurologic signs. So these people seize, they start salivating, it, uh, they become hydrophobic. I mean, but if they're in a medically induced coma, then maybe these signs, are, they may be going on, but not visible and therefore not being detrimental to the body. P.S., she survived and this woman just had twins in Wisconsin. So that's pretty amazing when you think about it, how far we've come scientifically to do this. Now, speaking of, of how far we've come, we may have, some of you may have heard me talk about this before, but I didn't realize how many people find it so interesting that we do these things. So um, this past week alone, I had to do some couple of plastic surgery, if you will, procedures. And people always say, I don't understand, what are you doing? What, what are you, why are you doing this plastic surgery in dogs? I mean, what, what do they need it for? So what, they, what are you trying to make them look better? You, what are you, you're trying to take the wrinkles away from a Sharpay? I mean, what is the purpose of plastic surgery? And yet we do it frequently. But as I often say, the reason that we do it, and you know, I know it's gotten a lot of attention. I just did an interview for a radio show, another radio show about this. So every time I mention that one of the things that I do is, is a lot of plastic surgery, it always raises so many questions and confusion as to why, what, what kind of people, what kind of dog owners are going to spend money to, to physically enhance their pet's appearance. And I go, time out. <laughs> it has nothing to do with enhancing a pet's appearance. When we do plastic surgery for pets, there's a really good reason for it. And that is in people, let's face it, 
probably more women than men, that that elect to have medically or plastic surgery procedures. And not, let's not let's talk for a second, not about trauma. I mean, not about trauma, because I've had two plastic surgery procedures because of trauma, both, well, one dog bite, and one accident. And uh, so it's, it's a little different when you're dealing with that. I'm not talking about reconstructive surgery. Let's talk about plastic surgery for appearance, if you will, but it's really not. So there are the main focus of a person getting plastic surgery is going to be, let's face it, it's going to be to enhance appearance, to get rid of the wrinkles, to get rid of the lines, to get rid of this, to get rid of that, you know, whatever. Tighten up the skin, tighten up the eyes. It's to look good. So much so that many people that elect to have these procedures done are willing to sacrifice function in order to achieve form. And there's always that form versus function battle going on when it comes to plastic surgery. Even though uh, it might make me feel differently, I may not be able to blink my eyes as well, I may have to scrunch my forehead as well, I'm willing to do it to sacrifice the function to achieve a certain form. All right, that's a choice. In veterinary medicine, it's all about function. We do not do plastic surgery in pets to make them look better or look different. It's all because of a medical need based on the appearance, based on the skin, based on the eyes, based on the nose, that we need to repair to provide better function, such as, I did surgery, we call it, it's the the equivalent of an eye job, of an eyelid job. But our reason wasn't to take away the bags and to tighten the skin. The reason is that many dogs suffer from something called entropion, some also, not as many, from ectropion, and that is either an inward rolling of the eyes, much more common, that's called entropion, or an outward rolling that causes the deep pockets, all right, in the, usually the lower lids. Certain hunting breeds, if you look at uh, St. Bernard's, if you look at bloodhounds, they have these very, very deep pockets, that is an ectropion. And most dogs, like Sharpays and Chows, even Rottweilers, even small breeds sometimes, will have an entropion. That's where the eyelids are rolling inward and the hair, the lashes from the lids are continually rubbing against the eyeball, creating major, major pain, discomfort, infection, etc. So our surgical procedure is meant to evert, to fix those lids, to make them more normal so the eyeballs, the actual corneas, are protected and are saved. These dogs do so well after surgery. They are much more comfortable after surgery. They don't have the eye infections. They don't have the conjunctivitis. They don't have the injected sclera anymore, which is the redness. They are just feeling great. Another procedure I just did um, uh, this week, I do many of them. I see a ton of French bulldogs in my practice. And this is a very, very common procedure in Frenchies. I actually had to do it on one of my own Frenchies. And many Frenchies suffer from well, two, they, they often go hand in hand, but they could be one or the other or both or none. And that are those two things are one is stenotic nares and the other one is an elongated soft palate. Now, the, on the nares, the nose, the nostrils are so pinched together that they can hardly breathe. And as we know, a lot of these brachycephalic, these short face breeds love to snore. Well, they may not love it, but certainly we hate when they snore, especially when they sleep in bed with us. And they snore because of the airways are somewhat obstructed because of the narrow nose and because of the elongated palate. So using laser, we can clearly and easily fix the nostrils to sort of widen nostrils. They breathe so much more freely. They feel so much better. They don't wake themselves up from those aggressive snores at night. And usually at the same time, when we're in there and we intubate them, we can see if their palate 
is also elongated. And if we have an elongated soft palate, then we will fix that as well. Again, using the laser, it's an amazing surgery. It is so much safer. It's always been a problem with that surgery because the palates can bleed a lot. And this is a great way using laser to do the surgery, perform the surgery safely, effectively. And there's like no post-op needed. They go home the same day. It's great. So uh, we just uh, got to do that on Johnny, a friend of mine's Frenchie. She actually has three Frenchies. It's one of those breeds, kind of like pugs, kind of like Italian greyhounds. For some reason, there's certain breeds that I often see in at least doubles, sometimes triples. Now, for me, it's been Labradors. I always have labs. I also have two Frenchies, two Labradors, but a Labradoodle, but I have a lot of dogs. But but the the uh, I see often many of my French Bulldog clients have more than one Frenchie, and it's pretty common. So um, anyway, when you think plastic surgery, don't think cosmetics. Think function. Think we're helping these animals. We can talk more about this with skin fold infections. Uh, we call it skin fold pyoderma, facial fold, tail fold pyodermas. So many, so many reasons to do this surgery. Anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Once again, I want to hear questions. If you are so embarrassed to call me, call us live here or join us on Google Hangouts. Send me an email, drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. I will get the email forwarded and we will answer your question live on air like we did last week or two weeks ago. We answered about three or four questions and uh, we then would love to hear back from you once you get the advice and see if it helps. And again, once again, to our sponsors, the Elanco Lily Makers, Comfortis and Trifecta, Save This Life Microchip, ProSense Pet Products, um, and of course, KVP, Kong, Veterinary Products. Uh, thanks all for helping me be here for you. We will see you here next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not, but we'd love to hear from you when you get a moment. Uh, Once again, have a very, very nice week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.